2: Homey. Welcome to another episode of the Grinding Fire Podcast with your host yes, and Todd Fox. And today, we're be ready with you, myself, Matt. Matt. But before we get into the show, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, Ice Cream, Pandora, and Podvine, and also ZenCaster. And for those listening to us uh, out of the U.S., you can continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. I forgot to mention that we're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So go to those pages as well. Leave a comment on our page. uh, Just type in Grinding True Crimes, and you can follow our page there. Subscribe to our page and leave a comment. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. I did a little backwards, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you guys like what you hear, you want to support what we do, and support our cause you can uh donate uh to uh, download the cash app app and uh donate to uh dollar sign grinding true crime or if you uh want to on paypal just type in dollar sign uh grinding true crime listener's discretion is advised because we do get into details that can be graphic for uh audience so listener's discretion is advised and also we were supposed to do the live last sunday technical difficulties happened in, in the studios where like, we couldn't... Well, not our technical difficulties. <laughs>
0: yeah, like literally the power and the freaking internet were out. So that was beyond our control.
2: It was beyond our control. We was ready, but, you know, nature said, hold these hold these beers. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we
1: showed up all groggy, but yeah. ready to start. It yeah. didn't work out.
2: <laughs> so we, we, we apologize on behalf of Edison and all the other... Uh, electrical companies. Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we hopefully will be ready for this Sunday and we're going to do a double header. Uh, we're going to be on for a couple of hours. Normally we do an hour show, but this time, you know, in honor of our missing last Sunday, we're going to do uh, a two hour show exclusively on pod bean starting at 9 AM Pacific time. Okay. So save your calendars for that date. Uh, this will be this Sunday. Uh, May twenty oh, eighth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, this Sunday, May twenty eighth, nine a.m. Pacific time, exclusively on Podbeam and um, it's going to be a two hour show. Also, call in, uh, leave a comment if you have a short story if you want us to talk about. Uh, when we go live, you can leave it in the comments, and we'll talk about it. But before we get started, we wanted to talk about something, and. Todd, I'm gonna let you start it off. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, I ain't gonna take too long, but I'm just gonna say, uh, and, and this is not to sound thin skin, cause someone told me, You guys sound like a little like you're a little thin skin, but it's like, okay, if you're gonna have criticism, I am open to criticism. I love criticism, it makes us better at what we do. Problem is if you make it sound like all we do is laugh at the victims, which is never true. Mm-hmm. Right? If you've ever listened to a full episode through, you're probably brain dead if you think we laugh at the victims. Now, we've laughed at the goofy police, the witnesses, and but it's never in people surrounding the system, but never the victims. We've always been that way. And we always honor and respect the, the story. But, you know, we have our way of telling stories, which is like we interject our... You know our views and our takes on the stories as we're talking with one another that's why we get a lot of compliments too as far as how we present the story like if you don't like our story then if you don't like any kind of like laughing imitations whatever in these kind of stories then listen to dateline nbc listen to for 48 hours that's your deal you know stay away from our show because obviously you get triggered and i think the more apparent (laughs) then on podcast form is YouTube I mean good god I get killed on YouTube all the time I'm like damn go somewhere else then leave me alone <laughs>
2: <laughs> and but like Todd said we say this to say that we're not uh, you know people say we should have thick skin and stuff like that. we're not you know sensitive to the comments and stuff like that it's just it's, it's baffling when people comment on something that they don't know what they're talking about we have one comment where they said, oh, you guys are laughing at the victim. No, we're not. We're not we laughing have. at anything. We never have. We never have. We interject our own opinion. We have our own style. A lot of you guys like it. Some of you guys don't. And like Todd said, if you don't like it and it's not for you, and kindly listen to another show.
1: I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I don't mind the criticism, actually. I loved it. And if you have something to suggest that you think would make our podcast better, hey, go for it. Yeah. we'll take it but we're not one of those podcasts where we're telling the freaking news like we're <laughs> telling our story but we are three friends chatting up commenting on things like if we get sidetracked a little bit and have a different conversation out of something that came out from the story or whatever it is that's what we do like we're this. chill we're talking about it in our lives, if you show up, you will realize it's like talking amongst friends. We love it because that's why people love us. It's real, we're real, and this is who we are. We talk about crime because it's something we have in common. We mm-hmm. all like to do that, mm-hmm. but we're still going to chat it up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not going to follow a script and just let me tell you the story, get your reaction, and we're done.
0: Uh-huh. No. Yeah, because we... That's not fun. Yeah, because pretty much like whoever's doing the story is going to write the script in their own words and then we tell it our own way and then we get our reactions it's been the base of the show since day one and like again like they've said if you're going to criticize at least listen to the show and make it sound like you've listened to the show because we get a lot of criticism that's like well that doesn't even sound like you listen to the episode because they'll even mention the episode or we see which one they're talking about it's like bro i don't know what you're listening to but it wasn't (laughs) the show because obviously had we done something like that we wouldn't get you know one comment here one comment there we get like five Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like people people i know when people want to cancel somebody because if if someone says something outrageous or if we were to make fun of the victims you know how many people would be down our throats about that exactly so i'm I'm just saying if you're going to criticize come with facts Please. (laughs) Exactly. Pay
2: attention to our story first. Exactly. Exactly. And we apologize for taking about five minutes of your time with our bantering. (laughs) But we had to get that out there. Yeah, but banter, banter, banter. Banter. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, that's an inside joke. The three of us. (laughs) All right. So um, we said what we had to say. We got everything out the way. So without further ado, let's get into the story, shall we? Let's do it. So today we're going to talk about a man named John Wayne Glover. You guys heard of him? Doesn't sound familiar to me. Nope, not at all. Didn't sound familiar to me too, until I looked up his story, and this one's a a doozy. Um, Mr. Uh, John Wayne Glover was born on November 26, 1932 in Wolverhampton, England. Hmm. He, He came from a very broken family. He grew up watching his mother living a very promiscuous lifestyle, having having several husbands and different boyfriends all at the same time.
1: In the 30s.
2: Well, he was born in the 30s, so yeah, it was this happened in the 30s.
1: Okay, he was 32. That means that if he's still alive, he's 91. Because my grandma just turned 92.
2: Mm. He's from 31. We don't get into that, but yeah, his mama, his mama was uh, she was out there okay yeah he was introduced to porn at a very young age due to his mother and her lovers watching it while he was present that's um, never good he, that's never good at all um i'm
1: was, i'm sorry i'm in shock at the year
2: and hey. everything
1: you're saying that was going on
2: hey hey
1: i thought that mess wasn't out till later what, it was porn? out there. <laughs>
2: Nah, the porn Like the right.
1: porn and then just the premise. Well, I mean, Beauty. I mean
2: they probably had the rolling camera, you know, the ones you had to roll. Where do
1: they live?
2: This was uh Wolverhampton, England. England. Hey, hey, was it, England, it, was England it was getting busy back then. Was it <laughs> porn
0: <laughs> with subtitles? Like, oh it like 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 you just saw two like a couple coming together and then a black screen and it says "Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey
2: man, <laughs> Oh, hey, who knows, man? <laughs> um, this one, this one, this was this one right here. As a man, this one kind of got me. And so you know, he was introduced to, uh, to porn at a young age because his mom and his lovers would be watching it. And this one right here, he stumbled across some photographs of his mother in pornographic poses around the house.
0: Ooh.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, that a pretty sight. No. That is disturbing. How could she not be embarrassed to be doing, posting all that in front of her kid?
0: Yeah. So well, this was this in, in Brittany, you said?
2: This was in England, yeah. We were half England, yeah.
0: yeah. He was probably like, hey, mom, can you put some pants on, please? <laughs> You're too naked around what? the house?
1: I mean, <laughs> if you gotta live that life to make money and make ends meet, you know what? People do what they gotta do. That's fine, but Damn it, can you just be a mom at home and raise your child without involving him?
2: Hey, she was Lucy would it Lucy Lucy. Oh, she was alright. Yeah. So those images that he saw would later come into play later on later down in the story of the case. So the images that he saw of his mother posing. He had a hard time in school academically, failing in all of his classes. And by uh by and by 14 years old. He was already a dropout
0: well yeah well, when, you're, when you're thinking about math problems but all you can see is your naked mom <laughs> I, I'd, I'd have a hard time in school as well
2: <laughs> i agree i mean the kid the kid had it hard just on those things alone well hopefully
0: you he know. didn't have it hard when he was uh, you know what
1: oh, man, oh, i see yeah. what you did there I'm i just you did there. i saw it coming i knew it so that's what she said oh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, I'm sorry, Johnson. i sorry. <laughs> so by 14 years old, he was already a dropout, and he would get involved in petty crimes with some of the local boys in the neighborhood. Uh, some of these crimes uh, were, you know, petty crimes such as stealing clothes for himself and uh, yeah. taking handbags, and you know, stealing stealing uh, money from the handbags to buy himself food. He would get convicted for several of these petty crimes dating back to, uh, to 1947 so we're, we're jumping up uh, we're jumping up in years now um but since he was a juvie and it wasn't too serious of crimes uh that he was committing he would you know just get a little slap on the wrist mm-hmm.
1: as usual well
2: i mean it's a petty crime
1: i'm just saying a lot if, if he turns out to be the, the criminal here A lot of times, that's what happens. They get slapped on the wrist all the time for the stupid things they
2: do. That's true. Now, later, he tried to turn his life around, and he enlisted and served in the British Army. Mm -hmm. However, that didn't last long because once they found out about his uh, criminal background as a youngster and his convictions, he was dismissed from the Army immediately.
1: Dang. Caught up to him.
2: Caught up to him. So we're going to move forward to 1956. Uh, He's in his 20s now. John's in his 20s. And he decided to uh, leave England because it wasn't the place for him anymore. So he migrated down to Melbourne, Australia. He quickly found a job out there working as a sales representative for a local food company. I think he was... uh, I forgot forgot the food company it was, but it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) Now... I don't know anything about Wolverhampton, England. But I do know this. That no matter what state or country you're in, we all have certain areas and certain places in the neighborhoods that you just say, "Hey, don't go on that side of town." Correct. Yeah. Correct. Because what's the old saying? You can't take you can't take the people out the uh, you can take the people out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the people. That's You know true. that old saying? Oh yeah. That was the case with John. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> um, even though he got a new job and he moved to a whole new you know, area, a whole new country, I believe, uh, in Australia, he continued to do his same old tricks. Mm. He was quickly convicted of two counts of larceny in, uh, in victory, uh, Victoria, Australia, and another conviction in another part of Australia uh, he got a conviction of, for stealing in South Wales. So he had two different uh, convictions in two different areas.
1: What was the first one?
2: That was um, in Victoria, Australia. No, no, no. Oh, larceny. Wait,
1: what is that?
2: Uh, what, what, uh, stealing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was stealing. So, now for a few years, he was out of the spotlight as far as crime goes. But we know that ain't gonna last long, because this is a crime podcast, of course. Mm-hmm. So in uh, 1962, he was convicted yet again, but this time it was for something else. What do you guys think it was?
1: Oh.
2: Um, I
0: would say if it was already larceny and theft, um, shoot, I'd say kidnapping. Okay,
2: shake head up What do you think?
1: I'm thinking he's gonna try to rape somebody.
2: Okay. Um both wrong. Oh. Kinda right with you, but still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um this time he was convicted on two counts of assaulting women. Two counts of indecent assault, and one of which caused bodily harm, and another four counts of larceny. Oh,
1: well, he was headed in that direction.
2: He was <laughs> heading in that direction. But, you know, he still can't keep his hands to himself from stealing stuff. So, after all these convictions, what do you think his sentence was?
1: Something so stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can hear it in her voice
1: You can hear it in her voice I'm just
0: <laughs> Probation
2: Okay What do you think? I would say he served like a couple months And then he was out Okay Todd is kind of right I've never heard of this uh, com- uh, Sentencing But he was sentenced to a three year Good behavior bond which is basically a restraining order. Oh, geez.
0: Yeah.
2: What? It's basically, I looked it up. I've never heard of three so year all good he behavior. He was bond.
1: restraining from the people that he.
2: If he violated any of the uh, so yeah, that's restraining true. orders or whatever it, it was on it, he would serve jail. But he was on a three year uh, good behavior bond. That's probation. Pretty much. So I was right. Oh, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Remember earlier I was telling you about his mom and how she was in her ways?
1: Uh-huh.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that had an effect on John throughout his life, and he didn't get along with his mom, of course. In fact, he didn't get along with older women, period. Oh, no. Now, uh, eventually, he got married, believe it or not. Uh, he got married in 1968 to a woman named not I didn't believe the name, but it's true. Her name is Gay Rolls. Gay Rolls? Gay Rolls. He was was married to a woman named Gay Rolls. And uh, shortly after uh, they got married, they had to temporarily live with his mother-in-law. Mrs. Rolls. (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) Got some butter for them
2: Rolls? You know what, man? (laughs) Don't be so disrespectful, okay? I didn't name them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded hilarious when you said Mrs. Rolls.
2: <laughs> I hope her name was Mrs. Rolls. Um, now we already know he doesn't get along well with his mom and now he doesn't get along with his mother-in-law. He hated living there and which I can understand that can be tough living with your in-laws. Yep. And he wouldn't hide his feelings at all. He was always moody, always angry, always, in, uh, always irritated fighting with his mother-in-law and his wife started to see a side of him that she'd never seen before. And to make matters worse, moving on in some years, his mother, John's mother, decided to move down to Australia with him, not with him, but near him Why? in
1: 1976
2: so she can be closer to him.
1: Oh dear, But he hates her.
2: Exactly. So their relationship was stranded until the day she died in 1989 of breast cancer. Mm. Yeah.
1: I honestly thought you were gonna station and die of AIDS or something.
2: Well, I, I, <laughs> well, was she died of cancer? Um, but later on that year, believe it or not, um, John was diagnosed with breast cancer. Male breast cancer. Male so, breast cancer. Male breast cancer. I never knew that exists. But he, he later name. on, he later on was diagnosed with male breast cancer. So he was feeling um some type huh. of way about that. That's got to be
0: extremely rare, cause I rare. I've never heard of that. I mean neither.
1: It's not very common, but yes, men can get breast cancer too.
0: I
2: didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that yeah. either. But he he was diagnosed with uh, male breast cancer, so he he had cancer um, that same year. Um, huh. Excuse me. No, um, his marriage with his wife didn't last uh, as well, and after twenty years of marriage, they would uh, later separate. Um, I think they were still legally married, but they just separated uh, with his wife taking the two kids. They end- ended up having two kids, two daughters, and she ended up taking them down to New Zealand. So years. Yeah, they were married for 20 years. So you would think this man lived, you know, he had a pretty tough life. All the things he saw his mom go through, you know, is well, not go through uh, what his mom was doing and, you know, petty crimes and all that stuff. He, he had a pretty sucky life.
1: Sounds like it.
2: Yeah. Um, I remember he, he he had some kind of positive light in a sense. Um, he used to volunteer at the Senior Citizen uh, Society where he lived. And a lot of people liked him. They labeled him uh, uh, as a trustworthy and friendly person. They, they loved his company. He was a good man, according to them.
1: But wait, he don't like older women.
2: Hey, he served. He volunteered there. What you thinking?
1: I'm thinking something happened at that senior center.
0: I'm thinking he's working close to his enemy to get access to his enemy. And who do you guys think his enemies are? Uh, Some old lady watching Jeopardy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) didn't got to be Jeopardy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it, just, it just sounds right.
1: Maybe his mean, mother-in-law is there?
2: Could be. We'll find it out. Now, this is where things are going to finally take into place, and why this is called a crime show. Um, I'm sure if they knew who John was, they wouldn't have labeled him as uh, a good, friendly person. Because now it's going to now it's going to be the the dates when I'm starting to. Label some dates there, oh, so man. it's gonna it's gonna piss you off. Um, now the first date I will have it's it's not a murder, not a murder, but it is something that will piss you off. Um, the year is still 1989. Uh, it's January 11th, 1989, 18, 1989, and 84-year-old Margaret Todd Hunter. Was walking down the road. Where did he get these names? He was hunting you, Todd. Literally, her name is Margaret Todd Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, She was walking down the road um, where they were, and she was spotted by John. So he parked his car, and what do you think he did?
0: He took her and assaulted her, right? Okay.
1: He probably
2: raped her and beat her. Yeah, both kind of right. You're both fifty percent right. Yeah. Um. He just he parked his car, crept up on her, saw his target, punched her straight in the face, knocking her down, taking all of her money out of her purse, which accumulated to about two hundred and nine dollars. Wow. Then later he went down to uh, they. Had this is called an R- RSL club. Um, which is an organization of former and current members of the Australian Defence uh, Force. So they had like a little military club there. So he went down to that club and pretty much just spent all the money that she took, that he took from her, and just pretty much left her there. Wow. Now the police investigated the crime, and once again, it is 1989. They don't have much, uh, you know, forensic cameras and stuff like that. So they didn't have much evidence of who it was. So there were some Johnsons and they just labeled it as just a it was just a typical mugging with a little of little to no help hopes of finding the perk. Explain so, yourself, Johnson. Explain yourself, Johnson.
0: Well, there don't seem to be too much uh, pain on her. She'll be okay, she'll recover, but uh, they didn't steal her tea and crumpets, so it's not really a of <laughs> offensive uh,
2: a penalty. <laughs> That's pretty much what they did. They just leveled us a mugging and, you know, no evidence. Can't find a perp. Sorry, ma'am. So.
1: Poor lady. Poor lady. That is jacked up.
0: Yeah. What year was this again? This was 1989. 89,
2: 89. If I you're was... going
1: to talk about this criminal and then eventually it's going to get worse, then hey, at least this woman survived.
2: She survived. Yeah, she survived. I mean, so she.
0: They're probably like, well, it wasn't too much. No harm, no foul. It will be, he'll be okay, <laughs> should be okay. Should recover. Let's go back to watching <laughs> Benny Hill. What the heck? Man? <laughs> what the heck is that? Maybe you know, Morgan Pierce. You <laughs> never you never seen uh, Benny Hill? No. Oh my god. Okay, just just Google Benny Hill.
2: I'm but, gonna Google
0: it. Yeah, because I I don't know yeah. if I could play the, the music and it'll go through here, but I I have it because the soundboard for the other show. Oh. But, uh, yeah. Um. It's 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 kind of hard to explain. It would take too long, and I'd go way off. Sorry, so go ahead.
2: Okay, that's all good. Um, so we kind of saw this behavior uh, dating back in 1962 when he attacked, uh, when he was charged for uh, assault. But the attacks starts to get worse, mm-hmm. and now we officially have a date. No. And you know, when we officially have a date, you know what that means?
1: Somebody died.
2: Somebody did not make it. Mm -hmm. And uh, just literally two months after the first attack, which was, uh, this is now March 1st, 1989, John had just left the RSL club. He frequently went there a lot. And there he saw 82 year old Gwendolyn Mitchell Hill. She was walking down the street, minding her own business. And um, that's when John went to his car and grabbed a hammer. Oh. Tucked it under his belt.
1: A hammer?
2: Grabbed a hammer. And as he uh, got the hammer, tucked it under, he approached her from behind and started to follow her. Um, He followed Gwen into the entry of a military apartment building. Oh wow. and as she was opening the door, he bashed her across her head from behind. Oh, man. Um, he, she hit, He hit her in the back of the head, knocking her down and he didn't stop there. He continued to bash her head in and bashing her body, causing several bones uh, several ribs to break as she went down on the floor.
1: So she was still alive when he was doing all this? Oh
2: he was beating her. Um John fled the scene once he got her down, but before he fled the scene, he stole her purse. And guess how much money total was in that purse?
1: A couple dollars.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm thinking the same thing. It's probably penny change.
2: Just one hundred dollars.
0: All that for a hundred dollars.
2: He beat the crap out of her for only a hundred dollars two local schoolboys who were walking um, in that area found Gwendolyn on the ground Uh later the police and ambulance were called and uh, once however as soon as they arrived she died shortly after what are you laughing at the way I say ambulance
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm black okay <laughs> somebody get the ambulance Ambulance! <laughs> oh, uh, she was she was still alive when the two boys found her. So, but oh, no. she was still alive. So she was alive when the two boys found her. But uh, once the police and uh, ambulance arrived, that's when she shortly died. So she
1: must have suffered horribly.
2: Yes, she did. So we have a uh, murder on our on our hands. And hold on, I, left, I lost my notes real quick. Uh, that was the first of several murders
1: Dang. that we're going to get
2: into. Because uh, it doesn't stop there. Now, the police had no eyewitnesses or leads and nothing concrete linked to this attack with the previous attack on Margaret Todd Hunter. And there was no forensic evidence was available. And um, so they they had nothing. Now, well intended, uh, intentioned neighbors believed that she had merely fallen. And, uh,
1: wait, though, like, it's an apartment complex. How does nobody hear this?
2: It didn't say what time of the day or when it happened. Uh, but he must have scoped out the area. I mean, he frequently would be in that, uh, military area because it was like a club, you know. So, um, yeah, but... He must have scoped it out pretty good.
0: No offense, but how dumb are the neighbors if they think that she just fell? I mean, obviously, hammer wounds compared to falling. I get the cracked ribs and everything else like that um, from a fall from for an elderly person. I get that. But there had to have been a massive amount of blood with hammer oh,
2: shots. Oh, you guys want to hear something worse. Okay. There was blood. But those very uh intentious neighbors who were very enthused on finding out what happened to her guess what they did what's that
1: they cleaned it up
2: that, they washed the crime scene because they thought she just fell <sighs> so they they cleaned up all the evidence they washed it down that's so stupid so, <laughs> so the police had assumed that it was just another mugging going wrong and they had no evidence no leads or nothing wow yeah so we're gonna move on two months later and now the date is may 9th 1989 uh john was walking along a military road and uh he saw 84 year old lady ashton and she was a widow a widower of an english australian um widow a widow i'm sorry of an english uh artist sir john william Ashton, and uh Sir John William Ashton. Ashton. I love
1: that.
2: Oh my God! Yeah. Quiet. (laughs) (laughs) So she saw him. He saw her walking, and she was on her way home. um, And that's when Glover, uh, John, put on a pair of gloves, got himself ready, and followed her into the foyer of the same apartment area, where he attacked her once again with a hammer.
1: Again, how is there nobody around?
2: Again, he's frequently in that area. He knows the area well. He started attacking her with a hammer. He then threw her to the ground and dragged her into a rubbish bin where he repeatedly hit her on the head on the pavement. He started bashing her head on the pavement. Now, it's uh, at that time, John was actually being overpowered.
1: What do you mean overpowered?
2: She was she was fighting back. She was fighting back. He he was being overpowered. Uh, he was bashing her, but she was fighting back. It wasn't until he fell on top of her and started to hit her head even more so on the pavement. So he literally got on top of her now, started grabbing her, and started bashing her head in.
1: Oh, that's horrible.
2: After she was knocked out unconscious, John removed her pantyhose and strangled her. Jeez. He placed um, he placed her uh, her walking stick and shoes at her feet. Then he left with her purse containing, once again, only a hundred dollars. Then he went to the uh, RSL club again and he started uh, spending up all the money. And that's when the police came. And once again, they labeled it as just another mugging. No evidence, no nothing.
0: Okay, what what police department is this? Can Can we put them on blast? Because good God. For real.
2: Yeah, well...
1: If you're going to see all these already, another mugging gone wrong. You know you got yourself the same guy.
2: Yeah. Well, that's what the people thought. It was just another case of a mugging. When the neighbors and everyone came out. Now, the police actually did uh, investigate. And um, they did examine her. They saw her body um, laying face down. Um, A pool of blood was around her head pantyhose was strung so tightly around her neck that it cut through the skin. Oh. oh. Her bare legs were crossed and her arms were placed on her side. She had a thin trickle of blood running out of her mouth. At, yeah. At this point, the police concluded that they were facing a serial killer. Today's a
0: serial mugger. Re-
2: yeah, th- that part. God. Today, all three victims were wealthy elderly women from the same suburb, and were all assaulted or killed in the same manner before being robbed of their handbags. So now they starting to now they starting to put two and two together. Um. Now they uh when they did examine her body, uh, post mortem examination was carried out, and there was no sign of semen on her found on her. So they um, excluded the possibility of rape, but the ligature marks around her neck measured nine centimeters. She had bruises on her nose and temple, on her neck, and both her eyelids. And and at some stage during the struggle, she bit her lip, causing damage to the inner lining of her mouth. Oh, yeah! Imagine biting your lip that bad.
1: I mean, he was banging her head on the concrete.
2: Mm-hmm. She also had a wound on her cheek, which was open, which was an open cut that had a small uh, abrasion which was a few centimeters away. Uh, well, she had an open wound on her cheek, so she must have bit down on her cheek really hard as well. Um, they noted that she still had her diamond ring, so once they uh, saw that, they they didn't label it as a... Uh, they, they suggested that the killing wasn't for money, but um, that's what the examiners uh, mentioned. So he had further offenses... Prior to, uh, well, after this, it wasn't murder, but he did also have uh, offenses as well. On June 6, 1989, uh, John molested 77 year old uh, Marley Mosley at a retirement home in uh, Bell Rose, Australia. Um,
1: That's where he worked?
2: No, it's not. The victim had reported to a hospital staff and police that a man had put his hand under her nightgown but that she could not remember what the man looked like. So that was another incident that he had, it wasn't a murder or anything. Uh, A couple of days later on June 24th, 1989, uh, he visited the Caroline uh, nursing home in Lane Cove, where he lifted the dress of an elderly patient and fondled her buttocks.
1: How is he getting into all these places? I want to know that. (laughs)
2: Like,
1: if you don't work there, how are you getting there?
2: Now, I... Would say because remember earlier they said that he was a friendly person. A lot of people knew him in the neighborhood as a friendly person. They probably didn't see this other side to him. He was, he was probably yeah. He was a volunteer worker. He probably was well known in the neighborhood. Um, he would frequently be in the uh, the Armed Forces Club, the RSL. So he probably had a pretty good reputation. He just hid his other side.
0: Probably a smooth talker too.
2: Smooth talker. Who knows. Um, he went to the neighboring room next to the, this woman and he went and slid his hand down the front of another patient's nightdress and stroked her breasts. The woman cried out for help and uh, John was briefly questioned by the staff at the hospital before leaving. Nothing happened. Another A uh, couple of months later, on August 8th, 1989, uh, Glover assaulted uh, an elderly woman named Elfie Carney in the back street of uh, Linfield, Australia, on October 6th, 1989. He, uh, glow, uh, John, pretended to be a doctor and ran his hand up the dress of Phyllis McNeil, uh, another patient at a nursing home. And then um, uh, when he, uh, John left, when the blind, she was blind. she, uh, she He left when she cried for help. And at the time, John was apparently never suspected of it or identified as being reasonable uh, for the molestation. That's messed Um, up, dude. Yeah.
1: Is he attracted to these old women or he's trying to get back at older women by making them suffer one way or another?
0: We'll get into it. (gasps) That's a pretty good question,
2: honestly. It is a good question because, I mean, his mom, you know, she was an older woman. And um, you know he probably has that thing embedded in his head. Um, another prior attack uh, that didn't um, wasn't murder. Uh, another attack on uh, October 18, eighty nine. John followed an eighty six year old woman named Doris Cox down the road uh, in her retirement village, and um, she uh, in a secluded stairway at the front of the house. He attacked her ramming her face into a brick wall where she fell. Although she did survive the assault, she was not able to provide a clear description or relocation of the event probably due to her. She had dementia. And according to her, the attacker was a young man, possibly a teenager or skateboarder, so they never fit the description. And he was scot-free from that one as well. So Mm -hmm. those were some of the prior offenses he committed prior to Committing uh, some of this murder, uh, and as I continue, because the next victim wasn't so lucky. On November second, nineteen eighty nine, John approached a seventy-eight year old woman named Lane Cove. Um, I'm sorry, named Dorothy uh, Bennett, uh, while she was walking home in a quiet back street, just off the road of Lane Cove. I'm sorry, and that's when uh, Danny engaged I mean John engaged in uh, in the conversation with her and offered to carry her groceries home for her so he was trying to do a good deed but little did she know he had bad intentions um. so the woman um agreed and she invited him inside his her house for a cup of tea that's when uh John declined the tea but um excuse me uh, as he uh, declined the tea, he went down to the main street, and he passed another old woman, then assaulted her from behind. This woman was 85-year-old Margaret, uh, Margaret uh, Pahud.
1: Wait, so he didn't do anything to that lady? He didn't
2: attack the lady, but he attacked this other woman named Margaret Pahud. So he does a
1: good deed.
2: He does a good deed.
1: It's uh, also an
2: older woman. It's also an older woman. She's eighty-five years old. He's
1: in her house.
2: She's in it. He's in her house.
1: And does not and do does anything, not do anything,
2: does but not goes anything. out
1: to find himself one to harm. I guess but- she
2: was. I guess she wasn't old enough because um, this woman was a couple of years older, and R two, she wasn't an easy target, uh, but this woman was, and um, she was on her way home from grocery shopping. And uh, she was hit in the back of the head with a blunt instrument, more likely the hammer. Uh, and that's when she collapsed and he struck her again on the side of her head. And that's when John rearranged her clothing, her shoes, and her walking stick and took her handbag and left. Again, nobody saw the attack.
1: Okay, it's hard to think that all these elderly women are out there just walking in the street at night. So this all has to be happening during the day. And nobody has ever seen him do anything.
2: No.
0: See, this sounds like one from Japan or mm-hmm. I think it might be Korea where they have video cameras of it. It's happened within the last, what, eight years? Mm-hmm. And and they, they've caught the, the criminal on camera several times. And he does the same thing. He just attacks elderly women. He's killed like a dozen, and they don't know <laughs> who he is. Sounds very yeah. familiar, but without cameras. it does
2: sound very familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So nobody saw the attack, and once again, uh, young school. This time, a young schoolgirl found her body, and but at first she thought it was a, a pile of clothing dumped in the water uh, roadway.
1: How traumatic. Yeah.
2: What do you think happened next, though? What do you think happened next?
1: After that attack?
2: After that attack. Something happened yet again involving the neighbors. What do you think happened?
0: Uh, They probably probably found some more evidence or or found another body.
2: Hmm.
1: Somebody saw him pass by, maybe? Mm Mm-mm.
2: I don't know who these neighbors are in this neighborhood, but yet again, they washed down the crime scene. Why? Come on. on.
1: What is wrong with these people?
2: They probably labeled it as another woman uh, (laughs) falling.
1: They're
2: trying to be a good deed. I don't know. I guess they didn't want to. They didn't want
1: a good deed. People keep showing up dead and beat up. Old women and you're going to continue to do something that's stupid when they have someone to catch
0: yeah like i agree with gabby i agree if <laughs> if like <laughs> cuz usually like when when people are like it's a anywhere suspicious and cops are called in even on a robbery i mean that area is like freaking cordoned off they want to examine to see if there's any evidence before i can see if the cops are telling them to wash it down but usually i've only seen that like on when there's a car accident and like maybe someone got hit and and they died on the scene and there's some blood or at least they left a lot of blood on the concrete the firefighters just wash that away before they leave the scene or or even maybe the neighbors wash it down but never in in a suspicious manner or a crime scene do they ever touch any kind of blood evidence mm-hmm. but this, like, this is, I guess it's a different time in different country I don't know
1: ah. they're me on the street trying, <laughs> trying to clean up right away yeah
2: <laughs> so by the time the uh, police and ambulance arrived um, there was no evidence um, and, and once again he got away with it and this time, he stole money from her purse, as usual, and it uh, uh, equi- uh, equal to three hundred dollars. Mm. So he's just killing. What do when- you
1: think at this point, though? Like, why haven't they announced this? Why yes. hasn't it been on the news, telling people be careful? Elderly women do not go out unaccompanied. Stop carrying money in your purse, like. It's been way too many and nobody's warning anybody.
2: Yeah. Well, this next victim, he finally gets labeled and he finally gets a label and people are on alert now because this it next- takes
1: that many? That is, <laughs>
2: that is. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes less than 24 hours for him to kill his next victim. The very next day, November 3rd um, of uh, 1989, 81 year old Olive Cleveland, uh, she was the fourth victim by the new labeled granny killer. Mm. John had struck up a conversation with Miss Cleveland while she was sitting on a bench outside of the retirement uh, village where she lived in the suburb area. And as she was conversating with John, they had their conversation. She got a little uncomfortable. So she, she tried to, hey, you know what? This conversation is a little it's too much. So let me get up and exclude, excuse myself. So, as she proceeded to walk away and go inside the, her building, the main building, that's when John got up, grabbed her from behind, and forced her down a ramp into a secluded area where he would hit her and repeatedly punch her in the head, banging her into the concrete before removing her pantyhose and tying it tightly around her neck, strangling her. John would later take her clothes, rearrange it, her clothes, her shoes, and her walking stick, leaving her dead, taking her money, and this time, how much you think it was?
1: 50 bucks.
2: Hmm.
0: Mm, probably about 20 bucks.
2: You got it close. It was only $60. Wow. Yeah. So, once again, the woman's injury were initially attributed to a heavy fall. They believe she fell, too.
1: Did they wash it off also?
2: Yet again, the neighbors oh washed it out. Oh, my
1: God.
2: Because they, they all think that these people are falling. And Is this for real? I'm being dead serious. So no. she went
0: down <laughs> a secluded area just to fall. She's like, you know, it's my time. I'm going to fall. I mean, that's their mentality.
2: her. I guess the decency, you know, they, they look at it as they fail. Let's clean her up the decency, you know, whatever it may be. Now, what I don't understand is, yeah, you fall, but how do you fall down and take your pantyhose off and strangle yourself?
0: Well, you I know. mean, whenever I fall, I, I always <laughs> wind up waking up with pantyhose around my neck. I, I don't understand why, but they get there
2: mean yeah yeah that, this that. is what
1: i mean by not making this public by not announcing anything like do not touch a person if you find them do you not know. touch the crime scene
0: wait 24 hours prior to, though you said that they said it was a granny killer out there and then this one they're like well it's okay just wash them the main thing we need to worry about is keeping the streets clean We'll we'll investigate the body. We gotta get the body off the ground. We gotta wash all the nastiness off the floor. As soon as we <laughs> clean up, then we'll investigate.
2: Is that their mentality? Good. Seems <laughs> like it. Jeez. Seems like it. Ah. Uh, so now we're gonna move up a couple of days. A few days later. Now we're going to November third, nineteen eighty nine. All happened in nineteen eighty nine.
1: Wait, that's the same day.
2: No, I'm sorry, November twenty third. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine. See,
1: yeah, I'm paying
2: attention. I see. Thank you. Uh, glow, uh, John was sitting in the, um, uh, 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 a hotel and he saw a 93-year-old widow uh, named Mario Falco- Falconer uh, walking opposite side of the hotel. John returned to his car once he saw her parked opposite side of the, the police station to retrieve his hammer and glove. Wow,
1: the police station.
2: Opposite of the police station.
0: <laughs>
2: what the? <laughs> what? Scary. <Theory. laughs> he followed. Take it off. He followed Mariel to the exterior uh, exterior of her home. That's when he quietly moved up behind her while she was As par- she was partially deaf, she couldn't hear, and she was blind. And so he crept up on her. And as she opened up her front door, he put his hand around her mouth before repeatedly hitting her around the head and neck with the hammer. When she fell to the ground, John began to remove, once again, her pantyhose as he'd done with the other victims. Um, She was knocked out unconscious at that time as he was hitting her in the head. But as uh, as he was uh, starting to... Um, strangle her. She gained consciousness and she started to cry for help. And that's when John decided to hit her several times with the hammer, finally knocking her out permanently. Jeez!
1: She... Tell me somebody heard this one.
2: Let me get to it. He removed her undergarments and used them to strangle her to finish her off completely. He searched her purse and the rest of her house for valuables before leaving again with only $100. He started to rearrange her clothes and rearrange her shoes as he always do. The following afternoon, the body was discovered by a neighbor who entered the uh, room using a spare key. And um, This time, the crime scene was left undisturbed and investigators were able to collect forensic evidence including bloody shoe prints. Now this time, a neighbor finally saw something and described the suspect as a middle-aged man, partially uh, portly, and gray-haired. And now they have a $250,000 reward for anyone who has any information on the killer. So this time they didn't wash it down.
0: <laughs> Sounds like it
2: yeah oh gosh so what are you guys thinking so far uh,
0: I'm thinking dr Phil got in there finally and got these Johnsons to actually do their job like, he's like <laughs> hey now guys we can't be can't been having these old women being murdered in the streets now can't we we need to actually solve some crime
2: <laughs> Oh, what about you, babe?
1: I'm pissed. I don't understand the stupidity of people. Like, if they had just left things alone, maybe at some point they would have already gone some damn close to proving who the hell this person is. Or at this point, it's like it's happened so much, set him up. The hell are you waiting for? Like, set him up. You know he's looking for women walking alone in their elderly years to rob them. Dress her up like these women, put her in the street, and be ready to catch this mofo. Mm. What is taking so long? Oh, let's investigate shoe prints now after all these women have been killed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well things are going to start shaking up a little bit we're going to the next year uh two months later it's january 11th 1990 and finally the police are onto something only took that long yeah on january 11 1990 john had visited another um uh, he was visiting a hospital down there and um he usually goes to this hospital a lot because once again, he was a sales representative for a food company and he usually uh, went down there to sell his food. So he was known around there. And so he was in his work uniform and he had a clipboard and he entered the hospital, uh, I guess, portraying himself as, you know, this clean cut guy. Um, uh, and he went inside an elderly woman's room who was an advanced cancer patient, 82-year-old Daisy Roberts. John had asked if she was losing uh, any body heat. So he's starting to talk to the nurses and stuff like that. So he asked the lady, um, asked the nurse and stuff, hey, is this woman losing body heat? You know, what's going on with her? So they tell her, you know, she's a cancer patient and this, that, and the third. So he goes into the room. And that's when he pulled up her nightgown and touched her in a indecent manner. Um, she starts to panic, and she called out for help. And that's when a nurse found John in the ward. Uh, when the nurse confronted John, he ran, he ran away. And the nurse was able to record his car registration number and notified the police. Good for her. Yeah. The hospital staff were able to identify and name him because, once again, he was frequently go there to drop off food for his, his job. So they knew who he was, and they labeled him. They identified him. And a week later, the police returned with a photograph of John, in which the, both the nurse and the patient positively identified him.
1: Ugh, about damn time.
2: Now, although this was a significant breakthrough, the hospital assaults were not linked to the murders nor reported to the murder task force for three weeks.
1: Oh, dear.
0: <laughs> I mean, how many how many perps are out there that are assaulting elderly women? So, I mean, like, you're looking for pretty much one guy. You know, at one, I mean, at, at the same time, there can't be multiple. So if anyone yep. pops up on the radar, they should be like, hey, that's the guy.
1: Yep. In that amount of time, he could be killing more
2: mm-hmm. absolutely so detective from another region contacted uh, and confirmed uh, john's name via his employee badge so detectives contact john and requested to uh that he attend an interview at the uh, at the police station however john failed to re- uh, report and so by him failing the police decided to go to his home and inform him that, um, hey, you know, what's going on? We were trying to set up something, so what's, what's happening? Now, when they do go to his home, his wife, I, now, it didn't mention if it was the same wife. I tried to look that up, but when he went, when the police went to the house, they said his wife knocked answered the door and said that John was trying to commit suicide. Um, he did so by trying to, uh, by overdosing on pills. And so he was at the hospital. He wasn't home. That's why he didn't report it. So,
1: what a coward.
2: Mm-hmm. So the police went down to the hospital where she said he was and they found him. But when he, when they got to him, he declined to interview. Uh, he did take a photograph, however. And um, that's when the police. Handed over to the staff once again to the hospital, and they they noticed him. And um, the, he, uh, the police notified the staff that um, they're gonna have him on suicide watch. So now that they have a suspect, they kind of keeping their eyes on him.
1: Well, yeah, he's trying to kill himself for a reason, he don't want to get caught.
2: Mm-hmm. So eventually um he was interviewed john was interviewed uh over the nursing home assault and he denied all the accusations so police had limited evidence and decided to not to question him over the murders so um
1: limited evidence they
2: had limited evidence they couldn't really <laughs> pin it on him so they didn't question him about that's the murders.
1: limited evidence to get caught red-handed run out get your plates identify
2: you clearly
1: that's not enough evidence now that you're into old (laughs) lady
2: now there was one thing the police noted they didn't want him to get suspicious that they were on to him so that was another reason why they didn't uh, question him about the murder they already have an idea but they didn't want him to know that so they put him under police surveillance um, they put a tracking device uh, on him to make sure that he was not, um, you know, following or, do, or doing anything that he shouldn't be. So they they had a tracking device on him. So they are onto him. Let's just put it like that.
1: That ain't enough for me.
2: How
0: much more evidence do you need? I agree. Throw
1: <laughs> him in jail for a few months and see who else dies while he's there.
0: You know how yeah, they say they went all to the, the
1: evidence right there.
0: You know how they say the cops went to the police academy. No, they went to the Johnson Academy.
1: They
2: did. Well, we're gonna move on. Two months later, on March nineteenth, nineteen
1: ninety. Oh crap! Sorry, His, that's a significant date yeah. in my family.
2: Yeah, <laughs> His six and supposedly final victim. She was a 60-year-old divorcee named Joanne Sinclair. Clair.
1: 60?
2: She was 60 years old. Oh, well, so she was young. She, she was the youngest one. From whom which John had a platonic relationship with. So they kind of, they had some going on. They knew each other. Now, by this stage, the police had John under constant surveillance and watched uh, Joanne, uh, Watch as Joanne let uh, John into her home around 10 AM. Remember, he had the tracking device in there watching him. By 1 PM though, there was no sign of John or movement within the house. So the police had the surveillance team become concerned. The, the, the police and the surveillance team became concerned and around 5 PM, they got permission to enter the house until 5? Until 5 until p.m. They had to get a restraining order, and uh, they got permission. Search, to in- search warrant. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Search warrant. I'm sorry. So two uniformed police officers knocked on the front door to no answer. No one answered. They went, uh, they went to look through the rear glass door, and they saw a hammer laying in a pool of dry blood on the floor mat. Oh, Ooh.
1: God.
2: Four detectives searched the house and found Joanne Sinclair, uh battered head wrapped in a bundle of blood-soaked towels. Oh, yeah. She was naked from the waist down, and her pantyhose were tied around her neck. Her genitals were damaged, but John later uh, denied that he raped her. And um, so she was already found unconscious. She was already dead. So they didn't that's know right. she was in his house? They knew she was in his house, but they didn't there was no movement. So that's when it was like, yo, he what's going on? Her house. Yeah, she he was in her house. Oh, he was in her house, my bad. He was in her house. And they saw no movement. They didn't know what was going on. And um
1: see what I mean though, how stupid this is. What? They're watching him. Mm-hmm. He's being watched, and he still kills another one.
0: Yeah, they were like, well, they oh.
1: are supposed to be doing their job.
0: Yeah, they were like, well, he's suspected of killing multiple women here and he's in a woman's house by himself. Uh, let's see what happens.
1: It's like one hour, two hours. Damn, run in there.
2: Well, that was you a reason.
1: not go in until 5 p.m. What do you think already happened?
2: Well, that, that was, was ridiculous well that was the reason why he wasn't moving because he had a uh, you know he had a tracking on his guess, an ankle bracelet or monitor and there was no movement on his part and the reason why there was no movement because, because when he the killed police killed himself no uh the police came into the house and searched and they found him unconscious in the bathtub knocked out yeah um he's
1: unconscious he's unconscious in the bathtub like he fainted or like he was asleep he was unconscious
2: (laughs) um john later told police that he did murder joanne st Clair and explained that they had been having a relationship for some time and said that he had beat her about the head with the with his hammer and removed her pantyhose and strangled her with it and that's when he rolled her body onto the mat and wrapped four towels around her extensive head wounds to stem the flow of the blood then dragged her body across the room, leaving a trail of blood. He then ran to the bath, swallowed a handful of Valium with a bottle of VAT 69, slashed his wrist, and laid in the tub to die.
1: So the coward was trying to kill himself.
2: Yeah. I just tried to throw you off. Ah,
0: God, jeez. I was like, how is he, how's he just unconscious? There's no way he might like, get his head or something. I've fallen and I can't get up, but no. <laughs> Yeah, he's, so, what what a what a loser yeah
1: I mean clearly he already told them how he kills so there you go he did them all even if he denies it
2: um so we're gonna go into the trial uh, it was a interesting trial so this was uh March 28th uh 1990 um John pleaded not guilty to his crimes on the grounds of diminished responsibility
1: what the hell does that mean
2: so basically
1: uh i plead not guilty on the grounds of diminished responsibility
2: basically he said uh when i looked it up in the criminal law diminished responsibility is a potential defense by excuse by which defendants argue that although they broke the law they should not be held fully criminally liable for doing so as their mental function were diminished or impaired
1: oh okay your mental function <laughs> is diminished and impaired, but you can come outright and say, because I I am diminished and impaired, I cannot serve full responsibility for what I know I did. <laughs> you can reason that way and get away with it.
2: Let's get into it. You can
1: get me talking, I, like, what I the heck it. is that?
0: You kind of can. They have they have these weird. Um, what do you call it? Uh, ways of of getting around the system. Uh, there's another one I, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of it where uh, you you cop to the murder, but you're uh, but there's some sort of I'll have to look that up. I, I want to give the right terminology to it. so yes, there there's some some stupid laws out there.
1: But what I'm saying is doesn't make sense to you.
0: No, it doesn't. It doesn't but like those are little loopholes in the system.
1: There shouldn't be any loopholes for jackasses like that.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I agree. But wait, there's more. Um, a psychiatric... Uh, a psychiatrist said that John... Psychiatrist. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, thank you. A psychiatrist said that John had built up a hostility and aggression since his childhood against his mother. And then against his mother-in-law, who... He said uh triggered him. And that when she died, he had to take out his aggression on someone else. So his mom and his mother in law was supposedly the trigger for him. Yep, you're right. He had to release his aggression on I guess older women who may have, you know, I don't know. But that was their that was allegedly. So uh, that
1: that's excusable? Because you went through crap and now you have a trigger. Now you got to take it out on the rest of the elderly women in the world.
2: The psychiatrist also continues said that this case was uh, very unusual because very few serial killers exist and most of them are mentally ill and or have organic disease of the brain. Oh,
0: real quick before you move on. The other one I was talking about, Gabby, they have one called the Alfred Plea where Mm -hmm. the defendant in a criminal case does not admit to the criminal act and asserts asserts his or hers innocent but admits uh, innocence but admits to the evidence being presented by the prosecution uh that it would likely uh, persuade the judge or jury to uh find that person guilty beyond reasonable doubt (laughs) yeah wow are you serious yeah that that's been (laughs) yeah. Is
1: that? <laughs> I didn't do it but here's the evidence yeah I admit that the evidence is there the evidence is right but I didn't do it
0: yeah I'm innocent but boy if they use that evidence I'm screwed <laughs> <laughs> judges wow. <is> like okay
1: <laughs> who comes up with that crap
0: damn late. good lawyers that's what I'm saying
1: <laughs> oh my god
2: wow interesting Tom interesting um However, they come to the conclusion that John was sane at the time of the murders. However, his uh, psychiatrist said that John had severe personality disorders. So they were trying to push that. The psychiatrist was trying to push that he had mental illness and that he had disorders. But when they studied him, it showed that he was sane the whole time.
1: Look, I know people in this world with borderline personality disorders, okay? And they're not out there killing and hammering the heads of elderly women because they're mad at their mom. Yeah. He's no excuse,
2: period. Yeah. The the main prosecutor maintained, maintained that John was aware of his actions when he killed. He was also planning what to do with the victim's money and also took time to clean the hammer with acid. So John was... Um, it says john was impotent and had no interest in sex so tying the pantyhose so tightly around his victim next was to make sure that they were dead so at the same time trying to trick the police into thinking that this was a work of a sexual motivated killer by you know rearranging the clothing and doing all that stuff so that's what the prosecutors are pushing that he knew what he was doing and i agree i agree if you're insane you ain't doing all that
1: you're just gonna snap randomly you're not Mm -hmm. planning it
2: now here's the plot twist of why he was taking money it said that john was addicted to poker machine so he felt that the easiest way for him to get money was simply to do what he knew what was best at a young age which was stealing and he also knew that these women were easy targets and he also knew that they had money because he would scope that area. So, in order for him to feed his addiction, he did what he did best, which was stealing. And he also let out his aggression on the people that he ate most, which were older women. Yeah.
1: I wonder if his mom ever did anything to him.
2: Um, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Possibly, or maybe the uh, many boyfriends or husbands she had. It's possible.
0: You know, uh, what's crazy is it's just the fact of the whole... I mean, it had to do something with it because it messed him up completely to get out there and want to murder these women. And then possibly, in my opinion, I mean, I'm no doctor, no Dr. Phil or nothing, but I will say that fact that maybe... I-
1: dr todd
0: well i'm a i'm a doctor only on facebook but um (laughs) uh but but i think i think what happened here too is he was probably traumatizing what he saw and as his mom got older he probably started to see even more of her naked and he just he couldn't get his willy wet for nothing because he wasn't looking to score that just repulsed him you know like like So, yeah, I mean, I could totally see what Matt's saying, how he rearranged the clothes and tried to throw the police off. So, like, if he tried to come with a whole I'm insane thing, it's like, no, 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 you knew exactly what you were doing. You were planning things out. It's, no, dude's guilty as sin.
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, they knew that. The judge knew that. That's why they um, delivered the guilty verdict on Mr. John Glover. And he was sentenced uh, to—he was sentenced uh, to—I believe he was sentenced to life in prison. Didn't really say, but he was held in a maximum security prison cell for for where he was to serve the rest of his life. Now, here is where things get interesting. In May of two thousand five, John had collapsed in his cell and was placed on suicide watch after telling prisoners uh prison officers that I've had enough, I want to kill myself. And he was examined by mental health review team and monitored by closed, closed circuit television. He was also given medical examinations as follow-up to the two cancer surgeries he had undergone the year prior. So what do you think happened next?
1: First I'm going to tell you what I think should have happened. <laughs> Screw the surgeries. Let him suffer. You
2: are. you are.
0: Yes.
1: Well, he had breast cancer. So <coughs> There's people dealing with cancer who cannot afford treatments who are not out there killing people. Exactly. Why the- does he deserve free surgeries to save his Crappy
2: life. I agree. You got a, You want to chime in, talk? I'm.
0: Look, I'm with her. I don't understand why we give these prisoners any kind of special treatment. Like some of them get like better cancer treatment that taxpayers don't even get. Uh, some of them get uh, transplants. You know that others have to wait on long lists for. Um, you know there are some. Are a lot of cases where they don't, but there's so much more that get privileged care, and I don't think they should. I think if if they do, you know, cancer sucks for anybody. But if you're a a criminal, you're convicted, you're without a beyond a shadow of a doubt guilty, and you've murdered and taken lives yourself. By far, whatever comes to you comes to you. And you know what? If you've got to suffer through it, I even go as far as to say, don't give them any pain meds. Let them suffer for that crap.
2: Let them suffer for that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, they've All contributed right. nothing to society, yet they take everything.
2: C- correct. 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 I'll give you that. So that was May 2005. Just a few months later, on September 10th, 2005, John was found dead in his uh, Mexican, maximum security prison. And... Um, they pronounced him dead at one twenty five p m, and the reason was he hanged himself, oh jeez, at seventy two years old. They found him hung and confirmed him dead at seventy two years old. So the coward didn't even serve out his uh, sentencing sentencing fully. He took the easy way out, of course. Now, this was interesting because um, it says here he made a confession sketch. It says days before John killed himself, he handed his last outside visitor a sketch of a park. That's where John pointed out two pine trees in the image. And in the middle of the right palm tree, the number nine could be seen between the leaves and the branches. The number nine is said to either represent the total n- number of murders or the numbers of unsolved murders committed by John. So oh, there's other possible victims.
1: He probably buried them there.
2: We'll never know. Oh, man. So there's an interesting twist to this. And they have the victims who they believe may have been involved in murder well they were murdered but they don't have the uh, evidence but um they think john was the perp in the murder and so uh, they and they all were older women as well so if you want to look into that and check it out be my guest and look into that but it, we can't confirm it was him But him drawing that number nine, you know, it it does make people wonder.
0: That's Uh, creepy, if anything. I mean, if they've got a cold case unit, I'd be like, let's look over the cases while he was on the loose and try to to get some DNA to, you know, obviously with him dead, they have his DNA. So, I mean, it would be nice to kind of look back and see if maybe, you know, solve some cases, actually.
2: Yeah. And and believe it or not, um, some of the cases that are unsolved, the murders happened years before he started killing in 1989 and before he was convicted of the assaults in 1962. Because one of the murders, uh, Emmy May Anderson, she was 78 years old. She was killed in October 19th, 1961. So this was prior to him doing the assault, assault on the two women. So we don't know that these are cold cases. And, um...
1: I don't think this just starts later in your life. It no, is, I agree. You've always been a thief, and you always trying to have money, and you have this addiction going on, and this hate toward older women. This didn't start at that age. Yeah. It was long before. So I can absolutely believe that he's responsible for a lot
2: more women.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's gotta be. You think so? Yeah. I mean, this is probably... I mean... He's probably not a killer either that that wants to, you know, they probably just got him for the ones that fit his M.O., but he's probably not one that's just going to come out there and say everything. Like, like you got what you got on him. He'll admit to it if you got him, but that's as far as he's going to go with it, I believe.
2: Yeah.
1: I think that's, like, even more selfish. If you're going to take your life, and you can't handle it, you're gonna be a freaking coward. At least do those families the favor of not favor. It's your duty to at least let them know this was me and give those families some damn closure.
2: Yeah. By the way, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. That's right. So he took the easy way out.
1: Why this? I question this so much. You've got situations where you grow up with horrible parents. His mother was no mother. No. That woman did not deserve the word mother. Yeah. She was disgusting. Yes. Yeah. I despise her and she grosses me out. If you're going to take it out on someone and you hate her that much, kill her. Stop targeting people that did nothing to you. If you're that
2: angry, why didn't you kill her? And that's and that's why I don't understand too, because she died in 1989, and if he was that angry with her, why didn't, you know?
1: You'd think he start doing better then.
2: Yeah, you would think he would start doing better then. Most of his killings happened in '89, but like I said, the there are several seven victims here. That's the killing started from 1961 and the uh, from 1986 all the way from 61 to 86. Um the victim that they're unsolved. So it's like, why kill now? You know, like Gabby said, if you were so angry with your mom, sad to say, take it out on her. I mean, we don't wish that, but take it out on someone that caused you harm. You know, why, why attack the victims? These victims that had nothing to do with you.
0: Well, that's just, it's hard. to. It's hard to, um, hard to say. It could have been one of those things where her death maybe triggered him. Like, like man, mm-hmm. I I should have killed her instead. He's mm-hmm. picturing his mom on every one of these women that walked by. Yeah, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe the one that he didn't kill, where he walked into her apartment, she was treating him too nice, or she was acting maybe like a hundred times different than uh, his mom. And all of a sudden the look that, you know, he thought he was going to get from her or the feeling that he was going to the urge to kill went away. Maybe she did something to save her life and she didn't mm-hmm. even
2: know it. Can you imagine sitting in a room with a serial killer? And I'd you like to be. You don't even know that.
0: I'd like to be on the other side of a bulletproof glass interviewing the serial killer, but not in the <laughs> same room like. where Dude.
2: yeah. Like, imagine just sitting. She was sitting there with her potential killer. Yep. And she didn't even know it. And she's giving him tea and crumpets.
0: Yep.
1: And that's what happens a lot. Like, (laughs) you got these killers that have friends or have their circle and live these double lives. Mm -hmm. And you're a part of their life for such a long time. And then one day you find out they've been killing for years and all the disturbing things they do. And it's like, how? I knew this person. This person sat in my home. Ate with me, did everything with me. Yep, and to think that you could have been gone because of that one person that you thought was something else-crazy.
2: Yep, this crazy. But that was the fuck that was the case of John Wayne Glover. Hmm. So,
0: evil, <sighs> evil man, either way, evil man.
2: Oh, yeah, I mean. I know he had a troubled childhood because, I mean, nobody wants to see their mom doing the do and seeing photos of her uh, doing the do. Um, yeah. I and I, for, and I mentioned earlier about that pose, the picture. Um, I forgot what victim it was, but in one of the victims, he posed, he put, positioned her in the photo that his mom, remember he saw a photo of his mom?
1: Yeah
2: one of the victims i can't remember which one he uh um put her in that position as, um
0: like in the picture in the
2: picture yeah that he saw of his mom i forgot which victim it was though. So, but he did do that i forgot to mention that
0: wow yeah, yeah. and i actually yeah because i accidentally clicked on the link right now but that's why you heard that sound but um i was trying to find a picture of him but a picture a picture showed up of his victims And one of them was the one i think that died in the hospital Mm -hmm. and they have her picture in her bed and man Mm. is her face bombarded like Mm. he worked her over dude i can't believe they have the picture online
2: yeah yeah i saw some pictures too and it was nasty if you guys want to look it up if you want to stomach stomach
1: it pointing out that he post her like the mother in the photo then yeah he was definitely taking out all the anger imagining probably that he was doing that to her.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But some still, of,
0: some of these women look fairly the same too. That's that's the thing I'm getting out of it. Mhm. They they kind of resemble each other. You know, at least at least 3 or 4 of them do.
2: Mm. Well, he probably had a target of who um, and what they had to look like.
0: And I'll be honest, one of the sketch artists uh got the picture very uh,
2: close to what this dude looks like. Yeah. So it's an interesting case to look up too if you want to look it up on your own and see the pictures. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't
1: know if I want to go to bed with those images. I'm yeah, don't you
2: don't, wanna, you don't want you don't want to look it up now. Yeah, cuz they do show uh like Todd said they do show up uh, photos of the victims.
0: God, his mom. Yeah, dude. His mom does look a lot like a few of the victims That has to be behind that it. That has to be That yeah. has to be Dude That's twisted and
1: He blamed her too for not being able to get it up Yep I just think he just hated them
2: Because of what he saw You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. but you're gonna go all through all this And be a coward and take your life Then why didn't you do that prior if life was that crappy why didn't you take yourself out a long time ago you would have saved a lot of people a lot of pain
2: I guess you want to take people out with them <sighs>
0: yeah it's almost like the school shooter type thing where it's like yeah. yeah I want to be famous let me do this yeah that's their way of being famous because they're they can't do anything else right because they're pathetic
2: yeah note to self to you women out there if you see somebody, with the name John Wayne, run away from him. Because there's John Wayne Gacy, and now there's John Wayne Glover.
0: There's been a so, lot of John Waynes that are... There's been a lot
2: of John Waynes. So if there's a John Wayne out there, you better run five miles away from that man. Because uh, he might be potential.
0: Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I would just say in a nutshell, no matter what age you are, and this even goes for young boys too, but mostly women young uh, girls young and then unfortunately grandmas as well always be accompanied by somebody i mean um, you have a lot of nut jobs out there that that'll do something you know and and they look for s- solo targets yep so yep just yeah. be careful just be careful out there
2: even in the surroundings that you're used to because uh somebody could be watching you too and keeping a note of you know what do you do every day and Who's around? So just be careful.
0: You never know.
2: Exactly. Well, that is the story, and uh took longer than I thought. <laughs> That's a good story, but, but it's a good story, though. Um, so we want to thank you guys for listening in to us. Um, before we go, we want to briefly uh, let you guys uh, know where you can find us. Once again, go on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, just type in grinding true crimes. Follow our page, like our page, leave a comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, Podvine, and Zencaster, and as well as those outside of the public, I mean, outside of the U.S., <laughs> <laughs> Radio <That's-> Public, <laughs> Bre- Breaker, Pocket Cab, and Podchaser. So um, this has been your host, uh, Maddie Matt, along with...
1: No, Gabby Gab. Oh, I'm sorry. This has been your host,
2: <laughs> Gabby <laughs> Gabby Gab. Along with Judge Fox and Maddie Matt. <laughs> we are signing off.
1: Toodles.
2: Peace. Oh, Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Goofy.
1: <laughs>